3: This is the besotted pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you after a weekend which was, uh, well, it was like Jekyll and Hyde. There's some good parts to it, some very good parts to it, and there were some very bad parts to it. And I suppose, as per podcast go, me and Lainey, we're going to be sitting here trying to talk about most of the good parts and most of the things that were very good about the weekend, and we'll try and avoid talking about the things that weren't so good, but we can't really do that because we have to be a little bit impartial and talk about everything. There'd be no football talked about, would there, to be honest? That's right, that's right. So my name is Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my man Laney in the house. Laney, how are you?
4: I'm all right, considering, yes. Um, Yeah, I got back from Newcastle uh, somehow. In one piece? Yeah, well, we'll talk about our trip, won't we? Getting back was a little bit kind of... uh, around the houses but we did it um but yeah one of those weekends i wish i'd kept football right out of football
3: that's right and we all wanted to i think that on all the 3000 beast fans fair play to them that made their way up to newcastle i think they all wished they kicked football out of football on saturday but that wasn't possible because unfortunately uh Newcastle kicked the football into brentford's net five times instead but we'll talk about that a little bit later but just coming you know, just getting away from that a little bit laney um I mean, there's a lot of news that came, I think, the last 24 hours. I mean, I know that we've recently had the Queen's fu- funeral, which uh, was a bank holiday, and we had the day off for that. And, you know, we all um, paid our respects to the Queen. We paid our respects in the stadium as well, also at home and in and around our friends. And it was uh, a very moving moment, a very moving time. But now as we move on, now we've got the King, King Charles, who was uh, born on the same day as myself as well. You know, you're talking about that. And uh, he, uh, he's getting crowned the old crown coronation has been announced is not it and uh, there's a little bit of talk about that because the, the the weekend is actually the the first weekend in may normally that would have actually been the bank holiday weekend because normally the sort of kind of second saturday in may or the sort of the first i think it's the first saturday in may is normally the sort of uh, followed by the bank holiday weekend it was last year and it normally is the only time it's not Bank Holiday weekend is when uh, the Monday is actually the first of May, which it is this year. So May Day is actually on the first of May for the first time, I think, in a while. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we've got a, a a well, we've got a coronation, but the coronation on a Saturday, the day we play Liverpool, and we've we've got our plans already. I mean, not, not that we plan our lives ahead of us, but we have done that, and uh, this may scupper. You know, us and a lot of football fans and but this is not a disrespect on, you know, uh, King Charles or anything like that. We're just making a point that all of a sudden things may change for us and everybody that weekend, isn't it, Laney?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's um, uh, it's a big one, in not it? Liverpool away. Um, obviously the coronation is a big thing as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it will be um, it will be perfect if it happened on a bank holiday. I, I would suggest, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, the other thing that has has not been is not been sort of uh, confirmed yet is uh, what what the the new coronation dish is going to be bill because last coronation we had coronation chicken was yes. invented yes. and this time there's no, not even been any talk about what which is it coronation beef or are we gonna have a vegetable yeah, I don't know they, bill these yeah, are these
3: questions need answering mate these questions do need answering and they are a little bit late they have been a little late in in you know all the things regal in the past year or you know past year or two I mean you know they were late in announcing sort of the date of, of certain things which kind of had people on tenter hooks, and maybe you know maybe they've got a bigger committee or something like that maybe they, maybe they've got the supreme committee you Ooh. know within the regal household that actually decides these things and that's why it takes a little bit longer
4: yeah perhaps so we do we get a say in that
3: is, well we I don't as yet because we haven't we have formed the supreme committee as yet but we're well, still working on it
4: well i want to uh, can we be put down for doing the um naming the coronation vegetable please? yes
3: well, we, we will do. We'll put it down and I'll let you know when I've heard a, a word back from the, 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 the regal email. Laino. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Yes, that's all right. So moving on as well, um, Brentford, you know, we well, listen, we're known for the old celebrity circuit. Like you know, we had um, you know, back in the day, we had all the Hollywood stars were all after us, weren't they? Remember, remember that lady back in the day, we had the Hollywood Cameron stars? Cameron
4: Diaz was supposedly oh, a Cameron Brentford Diaz.
3: fan. No, not supposedly, she was a Brentford fan. She talked and about still, is. It. And you still know, is. You know, you know, Sylvester Salone, I'm sure he was as well. Like Lira, uh, what's it? Who, who else was? You know, they were, they were all. I mean, the whole of Hollywood was uh, was Brentford fans. I mean, saying that and laughing. I know we got a few uh, American, quite a few American bees actually, because I used to go out there. One of our old chairman, Dan Tanner. And you remember Dan Tanner, don't you, Laney? You know Yeah, well.
4: yeah, Dan Tanner. He's, um he, he was he was back at Brentford fairly recently, I, I believe. Um uh it's a shame we didn't catch up with him. Yeah, he he um was kind enough to uh provide a really thorough interview for the big Brentford book of the seventies. Um and I went out for dinner with him and his daughter and he was he couldn't have been more kind of uh, entertaining and uh Sort of open about his, his memories at, at brentford he's a he's a he's a very colorful character he's, he's lived several lives um and yeah it's uh Dan tanner has been sort of uh giving Brentford full props ever since over in LA and I went past I don't know if you went actually to his restaurant I drove yeah. I've driven past it um and yeah it's as it's a, it's a little bit of West London in uh, on the on the, on the west coast
3: yeah Dan Tanner he
4: a basically he's is a,
3: a Brentford chairman from the 70s uh, uh what was well I say at the time we, we were successful because we actually won the the the, the fourth tier the division four championship then as you know under his sort of kind of tenureship as it was so he was a very famous person within the Brentford sort of kind of uh, regions. He, he's, he's well, I say now it is Serbian um, as he is. And it's interesting because when I went to Serbia a couple of years ago to go, well, I went to Serbia then down to Kosovo, as you do by road, you know, because we don't like doing things uh, any easily. Uh, and I went to Red Star Belgrade and I've got, uh, I got, I got a special tour, which is set up by my brother-in-law of Red Star Belgrade. And as soon as I mentioned that I knew Dan Tanner, it was literally red carpet treatment. And they showed me photographs of Dan Tanner, who's very much involved with in Red Star. And we did the old exchanging of the Brentford shirts with the Red Star shirts and the scarves and everything like that. So, yes, um, that was interesting, Dan Tanner. But I did actually go to his restaurant, which is called Dan Tanner's. Uh, funnily enough in in LA and uh and it's quite funny I mean it's a while I was going I went there and I remember going to the toilets and as I was going to the loos in between the loos they've just got loads of Brentford photographs and it's just and I was like oh my god look at all this Brentford stuff it's just amazing you know the Brentford you know players holding up trophies and stuff and he's just basically just got this wall full of like Brentford stuff which I I was really amazed with and it's funny because it's like I said, and I've probably told this story before, but not for a while, actually. But, um, you know, and uh, it's, it, it's basically it's, it's a place which is really just like a, a box standard trattoria, like an Italian trattoria with the, the red and white sort of kind of checkered tablecloths. And people just go along to it and have a drink and a bit of food. And it's not flash at all. But then if you look around, you think there's all these famous people there. And it's just it's really it's bizarre. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I was sort of sitting there with my mates. We are having a right good drink. And then I sort of looked over the next room and Mariah Carey was sitting there with all sorts of characters just sitting at the table. like It's like she was sitting at the Globe. You know what I'm saying? It was like that, having a few drinks and just having a laugh, you know. And um, and 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 again, I was I was I was in the loo. And I went to the loo. This guy came out. Who is with? I don't know. This guy that came. He goes, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've seen. I can't remember this guy's name. And Apparently, this guy that was beside him was in some sorts of all sorts of kind of." x-rated movies like you know what i'm saying and he was very famous apparently like you know and and, and this guy was just he was absolutely flabbergasted and i was just like this dan tanner's place is, is quite amazing but anyway you know coming back to famous people you know so we had like you said the um we had the, the tour bus with all the famous people back in the you know in, in the qpr days in the, in the in the championship days i think it was and then recently laney we've now got a famous person playing for us david beckham brought his son down and he, he appeared in red and white stripes. And uh, like I said, whoever's taken those photographs, I'm sure they're going to be uh, making quite a lot of money actually selling it to the press with uh, David Beckham's son Romeo in the red and white
4: stripes as he played for the B team, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, it's um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's caused a great big sort of A-list furore, but we've had Tatler magazine actually write an article on, on Brentford. And these, these are kind of like words I thought I'd never say, or, or or if you've been kind of like uh, walking past someone that's smoking something a little bit fruity, but this, 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 yeah, this article, Tatler, um, if you don't know what Tatler is, it's kind of like a high society kind of like Vogue kind of, yeah, kind of um, luxury, lifestyle magazine um it's been going for for donkey's years um but you know i don't think the word brentford's ever been uh typed by any of their sort of uh journalists ever um and they've 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 written this uh feature the unexpected luxuries awaiting romeo beckham in brentford and you know it's, it's kind of one of those things that could could have been seen as a bit of a um an april Fool's story um a little while ago but to be fair um <laughs> they've not taken the pee out of us, which, you know, I, I just thought that they would, you know, look at all the all the grotty side of the town um, and um, kind of question why on earth he was there. But they've they've obviously they've 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 given the manners bill. They've kind of realised that we're, a, um, you know, a, 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 an up and coming uh, top flight team. Um, we're being taken seriously. And there's some beautiful parts of London Uh all around us you know we're sat on the Thames um and uh you know it's been gentrified it's true and you know um it's not it's not the same town as it was you know a decade or certainly not two decades ago but uh you you've got to realize that you know we're opposite Kew Gardens we've got Strand on the Green there got Chiswick up the road you know Richmond's literally a stone's throw it's a mile and a half um, got Sion Park and Austerly. you know, we're we're surrounded by you know West London jewels. I mean, you can't get away from the fact that Brentford is on the flight path, and it's you know it's it's been on an in an unfashionable corner of, of West London because of the Gasworks et cetera historically. But you know we're you know we've said this before um, when the sun was out before the Man United game, we were down on the Strand on the Green, weren't we? And we were saying you know is there anywhere apart from probably you know Fulham that's more picturesque in so much as that we you know we're literally on the Thames the stadiums around the corner we've we've, we've got a, a, you know like a dozen excellent pubs all there um you know it's it is it is impressive it's just, you know it's not what it was and some people may not like the new Brentford but you know um and we haven't got to take Tatler's word for it but you walk around uh, you know, our part of West London now and it, you, you can't help, but be impressed. Yeah. And uh, just for the word, actually, I mean, I
3: mean, Romy Beckham was actually training with the B team. The B team did have a match last week, but he didn't actually feature with the B team. I'd say as yet, because obviously he's still, you know, here for a while from what I can gather is that he's actually going to be, um, he's, got, he, he's in Miami. Like I said to you, he's actually in the Miami reserves team. Um which uh you know, and he's going to be here for just a while, training with the bees, and then afterwards he's going to go back to Miami. And uh, of course, listen, if he if he plays football, of course you're going to have a have a look at him to see if he's any good, because obviously if he's like Messi, and of course we'd sign him next day. But it gives us the opportunity to have a look at him without having any pressure. But it's uh, like I said to you, like I said, it's very interesting to uh, to just to see this article because this article is like nothing. I've, I've ever seen before I mean I was really confused I was wondering whether or not it was like a parody article like you know you know it's talking about and downtime spot Brentford players walking around Richmond by the river in the park on the terrace of number one Duke Street for smoothies in the morning and espresso martinis by night Scots is opened by the riverside like you know and uh it says promising decadent fruits de mer and huina to a fine set of locals that include Zach Goldsmith. That's when I actually almost turned off, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) Tom Hardy, Natalie Dormer and Ben Shepherd. you know. But the old town favourite gaucho is still alive and kicking a few minutes along for a ribeye and the guilty pleasure, a side of mac and cheese. So, I mean, you can see now why I thought it was a bit of a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying because it's just like completely bizarre article, which just keeps just keeps going on about Brentford. And, you know, it sort of kind of veers more towards sort of Richmond and Petersham and sort of the posher areas, which obviously Tatler sort of kind of sort of is that, is their clientele, but it is quite mad seeing, you know, Brentford mentioned in Tatler in this kind of, in in, in this way with Romeo Beckham, who, like I said to you, is still training for the bees, I think for another week before he goes back to Miami, uh, to go and join into Miami again. So,
4: uh, Um, and by the way, Bill, apparently, um, uh, Friday afternoon, if you're around our manor, um, the article says, Don't be surprised. And I'd and i hate for you to be surprised. Don't be surprised mm-hmm. if you bump into Dwayne Johnson, Brad Pitt, or Catherine Zeta Jones, who have all been known to stay in and around the area. And it says here, and our regulars at the Royal Horse Guardsman. It says, the, the alleged, 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 Allegedly. Allegedly at
3: the Royal Horse Guardsman. Tell you something, though, did you notice that there's, there's a lot of places, I mean it mentioned mm. a lot of places, very lovely places as well. This, you know, they, they messed up quite a lot of places didn't they Laney? I, mean, yeah. I, I, I mean I the water museum for a start I'm, I'm really surprised that Steam Tatler didn't mention steam the steam museum, museum yeah. as well yeah. and the water museum um, they didn't mention that as well obviously the globe I mean yeah, they all talk about the globe but none of them actually talked about that Tatler didn't obviously no. obviously, not high class enough for them
4: um, what else what else did you think I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't mention the old army surplus place um, along the along the by the by the uh, jet garage opposite Ariadans that's I mean, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was—I know she likes to rummage around, sort of 70s, 70s military. Uh, clothing, so yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a glaring error, I'd say. I might have to write into it in this afternoon. And also, I mean, if people are coming down to the area and they want to stay, I mean,
3: I'm surprised I didn't didn't write about the the travel lodge actually because it's it's right there, smacking bang in the middle.
4: Actually, Perfect. they do a, they do an incredible ex royal apparently. That's right. that's yeah, right. and with ta- well um, Tattinger, I think they their they're yeah. they're their, 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 you know go to champagne rather than the uh, rather than the Rainard. Yes, and Fat
3: Boy's pie, Fat Boy's tie as well, which I'm not sure if it's still there, but maybe that's the reason why they haven't talked about it in Tatler. But you know, if you get the they're, they're more passage. into
4: they're more into their Tuscan uh, uh, culinary delights rather than the uh, Southeast Asian fusion, I'd say, Bill. But yeah, right. you never know. No, you never know. Anyway, so look,
3: but look, look, great article. Go and check. We put it in the listen. We put it in the description box, and you actually go and check it out. Afterwards, uh, what else was there, actually? i tell you something, we are going to talk about the Newcastle match in a little bit, but there's one thing about that new car. I mean, I was on the um Anfield wrap uh uh for today, you know, I'm on there about every two weeks now, so I was great just talking with the Liverpool fans, and they were laughing about us both being the same sort of predicament, basically, in the shitter as they said, you know, and uh, and we were just talking about, you know, I said to them, look, you know, they said, Bill, what went wrong? And I said, you know, right? I said, it's really hard to describe, but you know, you know, when. Everything when one thing goes wrong, and then everything goes wrong. That was what happened at Newcastle. Literally, everything went wrong. And uh, sometimes, like I said to you, when when then that happens in one area, it happens a lot, and it's the same thing for me as well at home. I mean, maybe a little bit boring for somebody, but I don't know if anybody else has the same thing where all of a sudden, like just like literally everything goes wrong at once. So I've got my fridge. And I've seen water coming out the bottom of the fridge. So the fridge starts leaking. And you think, oh, no, that's really bad. And then I've gone out and then somebody's bumped into my car and then the car's gone. So I've got to get that fixed at the same time. And at the same time, then my washing machine, I've just come out. I've just put the clothes on and the water's leaking out of the washing machine at the same time. Literally, within gush, a few gush. days, that's right. And then the dryer as well is gone. I've been trying to get some parts of a dryer. I mean, it's literally gone like one day after the warranty is up as well. And so, like, Dryer's gone. So it's like one of those things, it's almost like the Newcastle game. This is when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong at the same time. And I'm just wondering, because I was thinking, I wonder if the washing machine person and the dryer person and the, the fridge person, they all kind of got together and they said, let's, let's just make this thing last exactly this amount of time so that he can have chaos all at once, like, you know? And uh, I don't know if that same thing happened on the pitch at Newcastle where they just thought, OK, this is going to be a game. What we'll do is that we'll all be brilliant. And we'll just, just really disrupt Bradford all at once. You know, we could be crap for the rest of the season, but we'll just we'll just have this one game where we'll be, we'll be brilliant.
4: You know, Leeds are probably thinking the same thing about us against them, didn't they, lady? Yeah, although you could spin it, you could just say like it was an afternoon it, where e- a, e- washing e- machine. Yes, where everything went right for Newcastle rather than everything went wrong for us. But you know, that's just another way of looking not, at it. It's not such a honest. good story though, is it? No, and it's not actually the truth because it, it 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 did you know it was a you know coin a phrase it was a shit show and yes. um you know you're right to say everything that did go wrong or could go wrong did go wrong uh you know from from the minute the goal was disallowed for you know for again a toenail offside or or you know. Um, kind of being involved when he actually didn't touch the ball. Um, you know, Thomas Frank had strong words after after that, didn't he? He said it was pathetic to kind of blame um, what happened after that on a disallowed goal. But um, yeah, it was a calamity. It was a calamity, which we'll be talking about in a little minute. And then just last thing I know that we were talking about in the last
3: couple of weeks, we were talking about sort of teams that didn't get relegated. And teams that are going to go down. We just touched on it a little bit just because it was, uh, you know, it's just something that we really like to talk about because even though we're Brentford fans, we're always looking down and not looking up quite a lot of the time. Uh, interestingly, because it was just noticed that Andy Scott, who obviously used to be our manager, and remember we sang about him in the Globe when we went up that season for about three hours continuously, you know, the Andy Scott song, oh, Andy, Andy, Andy Scott. Anyway, so anyway, and he went on to, and then he came back to Brentford, uh, did a bit of scouting for us, then became our head of uh, scouting and then he went on to Watford, then went on to Swansea, and then he became a mate of our mate Cooper at Swansea, which made us very unhappy. And then Cooper took him to Nottingham Forest with him. And uh, now all the Nottingham Forest fans and we talked about this last week. Who start used to call us spreadsheet wankers, and they've been now like wanting to be spreadsheet wankers. And now <laughs> one of my Forest mates message me going we've just sacked the spreadsheet wanker and i'm like what are you talking about and they sacked andy scott because they're really unhappy with him because they're blaming him for spending 160 million pounds on new players and they're just not happy with the players that they bought in apparently so uh again we just mentioned that point as it's, it's quite interesting though isn't it Laney how the about turn comes and people are really they're really happy then they're really unhappy and then andy scott comes in and he's linked in with doing things that we're going to be doing and they i think they're moaning the fact that they've kind of they, they they wanted him to do things in the
4: Brentford way, but it hasn't quite
3: happened that
4: way. No, well, I mean, you know, it's, we we see that with everyone that leaves Brentford. You know, it, it's you're, you're privy to maybe you know the next transfer window or maybe two transfer windows uh, times. You know, names that or names or targets or proposed suggested you know, players that, you know, were being touted. Um, but beyond that, once once you're out of the the Brentford kind of knowledge loop, you you're you're on your own. Um and it, it it's you know you you can't you you, you can't keep up. Uh you know, you, you can't replace that that incredible backroom Recruitment and you know uh, statistical um, number crunching and just just the just the brains that are involved in you know the teams that we we're, we employ now. So you know Warburton he, he struggled, Rosler he struggled, um, you know S- Scott has kind of reinvented himself two or three times uh, other places, and I'm not not for one minute suggesting he's been found out because he's you know he's obviously become you know a chum of of of, of Evans, um, and oh, it's, 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 it's 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 it was difficult what I'm reading last night on on Night in the Forest social media just kind of them saying the 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 toxic atmosphere that started to kind of permeate out of the club, um, you know there's this cosmic starting to appear, um, you know, on the back of spending countless millions, you know, hundred and fifty million plus. You know, we you said before, you know, the wages aren't on on the aren't factored into those numbers. You know the results aren't going their way. They're they're in a relegation dogfight, and you know they stand every chance of going back to the championship. Whether they do or not, only time will tell. Um, but you know there are there are casualties in the in the you know, in the in the kind of backroom hierarchy already. Scott um, has, has has paid the price, although we see Evans has been given a long term contract. So it's it there's kind of not it doesn't seem to be that joined up. Cooper, at Cooper. sorry, Cooper. I was asking. going to say Evans. Sorry, Evans yeah. is the, the 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 CEO. I think it is. There's, yeah, there's, sorry, yeah, sorry. I meant Cooper.
3: Sorry, yeah, there's, um... there's malarkey going on there. Again, I'm not quite understanding what's going on, but you know, we're just talking about other clubs because we're interested in see what's going yeah. on. You know, and just it's, to it's, see, but it's
4: especially when they, you know, they they sort of like they they drop our name into the equation as if like you know they're gonna you know the 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 idea is to copy what's happening at brentford so you kind of go oh, okay well how's that gonna pan out then you know and three or four months down the line it's not working out particularly well you know and they might turn around and say well you know the last few games haven't been particularly great for you and you know you're not you're not sort of like ripping the league up like you were um couple couple you know a Five or six weeks ago, but you know we we know that we're missing one player to come back really to make a big difference for us. Where they're still making five six changes every week because they've got no idea what their best team is. Yeah, and and
3: and again, this whole thing we've talked about this before, and we've said this. You know, and this is the clever thing about Brentford, and this is why, and and it comes more and more obvious. And I keep talking about the Mark Warburton thing. You know, it was all about Mark Warburton when he was here. And he was very much controlling things. And he, things went, his he basically said, it got to go my way, my way or the highway. And it was end of story. And you know, Matthew Benham just turned around and said, listen, we can't be running a club like this because it should be about a collaborative way. Yes, we've got people that have got their ideas, but has got to be collaborative. We can't have one person ruling the roost And now what's happened is that, yes, we have got important people in there, but they're surrounded by some other ecostructure. And you've got this infrastructure, you've got this ecosystem around Brentford. So it's about, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 people. They're all part of it. You know what I'm saying? If you pluck one person out of it, put them themselves elsewhere, unless they take quite a lot of the ecosystem with them, they're going to, you know, they're going to have to create their own ecosystem. And the problem is that that's obviously not as easy as it sounds like, so
4: hundred percent, anyway. you know, and that's, you know, I, I have to mention the Brentford Revolution book that's just coming out. Um It be he went to the print last week, so that will be back first first week of November. So if you bought it, your your copies will be in the post to you. But Andy Scott is someone that you know we interviewed at length, and he talks about you know the mistakes he he made in in you know uh, as a as a manager, how he learned from that. Um, and he, you know, the regrets, you know, he, the regret of um, walking away from Brentford again to go to to go to Watford. So, you know, it's, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating sort of insight into how his kind of career has moved on. Um, but, you know, again, as you rightly said, Bill, it's it's it, that that decision that Matthew Benham made to to change the way the foot the football clubs run. Um, it kind of stemmed from um, being exposed to you know that 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 era. That's right, indeed. So listen,
3: we've 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 spent long enough trying to avoid talking about the Newcastle match, but we're going to have to talk about the Newcastle match. I'm going to go, I'm going to have a cup of tea, because tea is back on. I mean, you're all thinking, where's the beer? But listen, the beer will be back. I mean, we had loads of beer at the weekend, so I think tea is more in order. I'm going to get a cup of tea, am going to come back, and we're going to talk about Newcastle. So last weekend, we went up to Newcastle. And I was thinking about how do we present this one, okay? Normally we go straight into the football and we go, oh, yeah, this is brilliant, Ah, oh, yeah, fantastic. But actually, no, I think let's go chronological. Let's start off the journey. Let's just start off as it happened, okay? So Friday night or Friday day, we of Laney, Kings Cross, you know, we met up at King's Cross, we got our usual surprise and uh, got the train and, uh, you know, decent journey up to Newcastle going up there on Friday. I know a lot of people had a lot of problems because they had the train strikes and there was all sorts of mega buses and planes, people flying to Dublin and then across and
4: people trying to make their way down
3: over land and sea and all that lot. But it was all right, actually, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was. It was all right. Yeah. We got, you know, we got a rail splitter, didn't we? So we got as far as York in, in one hit, pretty much, yeah. and then uh, nice and comfy, all settled down and then... Uh, then people got on at York and kind of went, "You're in our seats," and we're like, "No, no, no, we." We've been on here since lunch since London. And it's like, no, no, no. So we had to we had to move somewhere else, didn't we? Or so we stood up for a bit and then we eventually found somewhere else. So I uh, thought it was gonna end in a bit of a stand-up fluff. But yeah, then we got to got to Newcastle and we, we went out and we had a we had a we had a good time, did we That's not? Right. Well, yeah, we went up to the Wylam Brewery. If you haven't
3: been to the Wylam Brewery it's wicked. It's like in this old kind of in the Palace of the Arts, I think it's called. And it's just in this big park and this this old sort of kind of beautiful building. We went there and had a few ales on uh, on, on 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 Friday night, you know, which is cool. Before we headed back into
4: town, uh, impressed with the Wyndham, were you? Yeah, I was. I, I didn't see any you know Tatler kind of a listers in there, to be honest. Because <laughs> that's why we went, wasn't it? We thought if we're you know we're Brentford now, we we want we need to go to we need to go to these kind of joints yeah. where we can yeah. sip chilled pink champagne and um, uh, I mean. tuck into a bit of. Uh, uh creme de month <laughs> that's right creme de month and sit
3: with uh you know with all sorts of uh hollywood stars um yeah. but there's none of them there actually <laughs> They're all, no all beards and they were drinking real ale which was really disappointing right you know so uh and so yeah so we, we did that head back into town and then we had a bit of a bit of a night out a bit of a night out on a, on a friday night in uh in newcastle which was uh which was decent and then uh saturday laney this saturday yeah. because i have to say though that you were a little bit scared because on the friday night you didn't want to peak too early on the friday night you didn't want to peak too early did you i mean i was i was up for
4: going all the way but you didn't want to peak too early well he went all the way on, on saturday so, I mean, like, I, so don't, don't worry about it um yeah yeah i mean you even found out how how basic uh, consumerism works didn't you when you went back to the hotel <laughs> Bill, Bill wanted, needed to get some water before before going to bed and he kind of said to the, the receptionist like you know ha- looks at the fridge and went H- how does this water buying thing work and she went well you take it out of the fridge you bring it over to me and I'll take some money from you so, <laughs> so yeah so, yeah. you know, no. you'll try, thought... out, try out on a pub next time. Mate, yeah, that's up right. pub, I, I was a bit
3: confused and it was a bit late at the time, but I just thought, you know, sometimes these hotels have got these, these high sort of policies as to what you can do. Or maybe you have to press a button and the water comes out. And uh, mm. I thought it was a bit flasher than that, but I didn't realize it was literally open the fridge and take it to her and then she'll just ask you for your card and you pay the money. So mm. I was a little bit embarrassed, but I was uh, two in the morning with a few
4: we did have time. a few but well, yeah. I mean like Saturday started off really really well didn't it you know good huh. breakfast and yeah. then loads of bees loads of bees in the holiday loads of bees yeah really excellent um good vibe everyone at that stage everyone everyone's looking forward to their <laughs> happy Saturday that's right and um it you know, we went to the fourth pub, didn't we? And Yes, right. Getting really good vibe in there.
3: Yeah, and tell you what was really nice as well, like loads of Newcastle. And we keep saying this. I mean, if you if you just do one away day, just do Newcastle, or do two, do Newcastle and Liverpool. But literally, we we're inside the fourth, and we literally had people Newcastle fans turning up in the fourth, and they're just going, "Oh, who are the besotted lads?" We had no because we didn't do didn't put the word out there. Oh yeah, look, we just come over to just shake your hands and you say thanks very much. You know, hope you enjoy the game today. Not too much, blah blah blah. And then and then they go off. Or they go around the corner and have, and have a drink. And it's really weird because I think the new parcel characters that we know obviously put the word out because we were saying where's there to go to drink and they told us where they are. But people actually took time out to come over to us, shake their hands, have a few words with us, and then just then just go off. They weren't sort of kind of impinging on, on what we were doing. And I thought that was actually kind of really nice. So it was a nice little pre-match. We had a... Um, We had also, you know, um, um, the the, the Newcastle podcast turned up as well. You know, they turned up, you know, a little bit late because they had a few train problems because I, I think he lives in Colchester, actually, Norm, you know, from True Faith. So he lives in Colchester. So he had a bit of a nightmare getting up, but he came over as well just to say hello, popped in, you know, I didn't even have a drink. Just stayed for five, ten minutes, had a quick chat, then he shot off to the ground. I think he was a, uh, I think he tackled himself right up actually because uh, he sounded like he would prawn sandwiched himself right up, didn't he,
4: Laney? Yeah, he was. He was a nice guy, and um, he spoke yeah. really well in the on last week's podcast. So, um, you know, if if you got six or seven hours, I'd suggest you sit down and listen to listen to that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's he he can talk, Carly. Yeah, <laughs> but he, but he, he you know you ask if you don't, you know, we asked him to give us the the SP on Newcastle and he certainly did that. He he, he knows the club inside out. But you're right about the Newcastle fans. They are very, they're knowledgeable football fans. They love their football. You know, they, you know, love love that kind of like um, slightly kind of um, expecting greatness because the size of their club, um but they they've not had it great have they recently um and they've not won anything for you know 50 odd years 50 plus years so you know for them to be filling out that colossus of a stadium and having that vibe i mean the city the city is the football club pretty much isn't it you know it's it's like everyone knows everything that's going on at st james's park it's, inc- it's it is incredible to 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 witness that but they're a friendly bunch and that's you don't get that everywhere else do you bill no, no, not at all. But I mean, coming back to Norm, I mean, again, if you listen to the last week's
3: podcast, he gave us a very, very comprehensive rundown on Newcastle. And the thing is that when you listen to it, I listened to it and I thought, for I still might. It kind of reminded me of uh, my mate Pete, remember the artful Dodger, Pete, who is yeah. you know, Craig David in the Artful Dodger when we went out to Southampton yeah, and right. uh, Pete from the Artful Dodger, he said to him, right, Pete, how about Southampton? And he's going, yeah, well, we've got Lallana and he's, he's going to tear you apart. we got this, he's going to tear you apart, gonna tear you apart. Everyone's going to, like we were there, like, you know, we, our face was like, you know, sort of kind of, washed out thinking oh christ we might as well go home because he's just basically told us we're going to get absolutely hammered and then we ended up going beating southampton that day and i didn't hear from pete for about another two years after that <laughs> you know what i'm saying um i thought i was hoping it was going to be the same because after norm gave us that thing on the podcast i was thinking christ almighty like you know they sound really good and uh we have got no chance here but i was thinking i was hoping it's going to be an artful dodger moment but unfortunately it wasn't an artful dodger moment
4: was it no, I wish we dodged the the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. It it was it was grim. You know, I think to be fair to Brentford, we started off fairly okay. You know, it was it was an evenly matched it was it was an evenly matched game, and and you know, you could probably say you know it wasn't a five one match. It, it wasn't you know I've I've seen Brentford. Get turned over and deservedly so. Quite a lot of times in my life, um, but it was pretty much all self-inflicted. Uh, we we did allow them to have a lot of possession. You you know there there were you know there there is um, a weakness in the midfield at the moment. We know why. You know it's it's a it's a Nor-God shaped hole that we we're we're trying to we're trying to fill. Um, you you said it last week. Um, you know to go out and get another Norgard is going to cost you 30, 40 million quid. He's, he's, he's that good. And that's why he's that missed. Uh, and that's not really knocking everyone else that's, you know, replacing him. If they're not as good as Norgard, that's, that's, that's that that encapsulates a lot of players around the world. Most players around the world. So, um it, that Newcastle will have got their tails up, you know. It's it's a different era for them, and um, they've there's been big spending, and um, they're 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 playing some some good football. They're playing some expansive. Uh, they get the ball wide. They they run at you, and they've got threats all over the place. And we're lucky we didn't have Sam Maximan on from the start, or, or he was fit. Um, but you know, you make schoolboy errors in a, in, a, in a Premiership game that's what happens to you, you know, and, you know, it was, it was one after the other, after the disallowed goal, um, which, you know, we'd celebrated and they'd gone back to the halfway line and we're waiting for it to kick off. Uh, Once that VAR has gone against you, you kind of suspect that it may not be your day. Definitely. So listen,
3: I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, but what we're going to do, go back to Saturday. uh, We spoke to a lot of fans, both Brentford and Newcastle fans. We're going to listen to what they had to say immediately after the match, in the stands, in the streets, and in the pub after the game. I don't mind losing or winning or drawing, and we come out and we come fighting. Today it just wasn't there. The bees were not there
1: today. It's disappointing. It's upsetting. But today just into now, and we should have as well. Newcastle, we could have had them a little bit, but it's a win or lose on the booze, on the bees.
3: Honestly, I think it's controlling midfield. Last year we had Ericsson in the second half of the season. We controlled games. We dominated. This season we don't have that man. We played three in the middle
0: today and we had no control of the game at any point. Newcastle are a good team but they're not a great team. We came here last year with not a great team. We got a draw. And today I think the squad's actually better but we've, we've, we've just not managed to do it. it
5: giving away comedy goals. Absolute no concentration. Absolute relegation stuff. Pure relegation.
1: If Tony was on side for the first goal, it would have been a completely different game. But I think that, as, as um, I went to Bournemouth last week, again, we lacked a midfield. Uh, there's nothing really going forward. I think defensively, even though we conceded five, you get rid of David Ryder's mistake, you get rid of um, Pinnock's mistake. Uh, well, his own goal. So that's 2-1. Closed down Bruno, it's 1-1. But again, it was a wonder strike back from Bruno. But um, I just think that... We need, I think in January, we have to sign a player who's going to take us to the next level, almost a bit like an Ericsson, but maybe even try Damsgard as a number ten to try and progress the play forwards, because so I think every game we're lacking that killer insect in front of goal.
2: I did get a little bit of life because I didn't think anything bounced for us or fell for us to be fair. I didn't think every little bit of that probably went their way. And the VAR for the first goal would have maybe changed things. But what can you do when you just make probably five mistakes for five goals? I mean they were there were some shockers some absolute shockers in there not you know Pinnock's one for the fourth goal Ayers for the mistake that led to Pinnock's own goal no marking by Josh for the first goal well one missing not one missing second one Rayer <laughs> third one gave the ball away in midfield you know for the for the, for the long shot I mean it was just a goal after goal wasn't it I, in patches we looked alright going forwards um, we tries it was always, always going to be difficult they're a decent team well they certainly got some decent players is it a longer term worry we certainly missed leadership of Pontus and Norgard, I think. Maybe would have steadied us a bit, particularly after we pulled a goal back, made it 2-1. We probably just needed to tighten up for five minutes. You know, We were back in the game at that point, and to let in a goal, you know, another 25-yard shot that we let in, um, made it really, really hard. But yeah, there's some worrying signs there today.
4: To be fair, Brentford are, are a decent team, and we didn't think it would be easy today, but I think um, once, once we got that first goal and then the second one, 2-0 at half time, you came out a bit in the second half. But once we rode that storm, I think, we kind of thought, yeah, this could be our idea. Too many individual mistakes
0: uh, ultimately cost us the game, but I just didn't think we, we, we ever really looked up for it. I think today it was glaringly obvious that we were missing a combated midfielder, someone to break up the play. We were overrun so easily at times in that game. And it was, it was quite hard to watch. And, and you know... Without Norgard, clearly we're weakened.
3: So there you go, the fans giving you their thoughts after that match. I mean, listen, you know, you can't deny it. You know, everyone said, you know, don't know what happened there, Bill. You know, let's just go off and have a good night. Um, you know, and we just made loads of mistakes. But I mean, let's just go through that because there's one thing that you talked about there, Laney. And I think is actually was a pivotal point as well the disallowed goal, because we did start brightly. You know, it's almost like you forget about that because it was quite early in the game. We started brightly, we scored a goal, and we were celebrating, and then the whole VAR incident happened and we didn't know what was going on. You know, we were all ready to go again, and then the game got stopped, and then the VAR, and then they overturned the decision. Now, to me also, I think it looked like almost we had the stuffing knocked out of us, because as fans we did, because... We were sort of kind of quite lively to start off with, and then we just the the, the the away end just died, like you know, and then the atmosphere was, was barely rubbish to be quite honest, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it, it did, you know. I, it, if you're a if you're a top end manager like Thomas Frank is, or if you're you know a, a, a top end Premiership player, um, you'd be right to say that you know you got you can't let a decision like that that goes against you affects you for the next kind of eighty minutes, but. You know they're, they're human beings as well, and I, I thought I thought the decision was fairly kind of. Uh. It was it was marginal again. You know, you can see the reasons why why it was disallowed, but then equally you could say, you know, you could see why it should have stood. And I, I I don't often see those kind of offside decisions go to the you know to the screen at the side of the pitch. They're normally decided in the studio or in the VAR suite at, at Stockley Park. So I was slightly dis you know just dis- I was slightly confused to see the, the the referee sort of go over to the side of the pitch and then then rule it out. And from the minute he strolled over there, it was obvious what was going to happen but yeah it did it was like the plug had been pulled from from our backs and it 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 just really went wrong from there, from there on in. And before they scored, I have to admit, I was thinking, you know, we, we, we're doing all right still, you know, um, they're not really stretching. They're stretching us a bit, but they, you know, we, it, we weren't hanging on. And that, you know, that, um, the, you know, the the, the drag back corner that was floating to the far post and, um, you know, mm. the, the, the Bruno header. Bruno. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 it just bounced in the perfect place to, to to bounce over the, the you know the diving arm of of Raya, um, and then obviously the you know the, the the awful clearance you know the pass that never was um, from Raya uh, to you know for the second goal it, it it really did finish us off and although we did have a you know a purple patch to the, at the beginning of the of the second half and we got a goal back fairly fairly quickly um, you know the the, the mistake that happens straight after that and you know the second the third their third goal bruno second it just it it, it was just game over then
3: yeah and it's interesting because we've, we've gone straight into the game but what we didn't mention and this is something that people may not have seen or you might have seen it on the, on, on online was the
4: display before the match which uh, I mean I know that you're really unhappy with Laney, weren't you yeah I was you know I, again I don't really want to go too deeply into the whole Saudi takeover I mean you know I did some say it's none of our business but you know it 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 does you know leave a sort of a bitter taste in the mouth when you look at the you know the 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 regime um and what you know how how they operate and how they treat you know this you know their 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 citizens you know obviously of course women um but uh the the choreographed huge flag and uh, the Gallagher end was, 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 was vast. It took up pretty much the whole of that end, which is like 10, 15,000 people. It covered them and they, they kind of re recreated a, uh, you know, the sky sports news um, screen with like a picture of Stavely and uh, the other new owner um, and uh, news like, bullet points running down the right-hand side and they got they got some fans i assume they were fans to to walk the yellow ticker tape kind of bottom bottom rolling news feed from from the bottom right hand side of the, the stand to to the left and it was just kind of like it was really cringy if i'm honest with you you know it was almost like brainwashing
3: Proper Pro-hen, gate
4: it was propaganda. It, propaganda, was propaganda it was it yeah. was it was propaganda you know it was it was all about the new owners and 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 them and okay you know it's it's a big deal that they got rid of uh an owner that they they hated and despised before um but yeah it was just a bit odd I okay, okay. i have got to listen Lane. okay i know and listen i know it's
3: them and you talk about you know the saudi arabian regime and everything like that but let's just let's just be devil's advocate here so you know Matthew Benham comes in and he puts some money in the club and he takes us from the brink of extinction to the Premier League would you be there in the West End holding up a big sort of kind of Benham sign with, you know with the the, the parker coat you know what I'm saying and, you know <laughs> yeah. maybe a few computers and uh, like you know and uh from you know, songs
4: guitar and I don't know would you would no. you, would you be happy? No, no I wouldn't no no I wouldn't and you know it's it at the end of the day, they were already—I know they were bottom of the Premier League, but they were, you know, an established Premier League team already. So it's not—it's not—they've not taken them from the bottom tier. So um, yeah, it, it was just a, as I, as I say, cringy, and I—and I think as a lot of Newcastle fans would would probably agree. And I—I'd I'd be really hacked off if I was underneath that flag. You know and I, I don't <laughs> I didn't get any choice you know they missed they missed a good 10 15 minutes of, of the warm-up to the game all for TV you know what I mean I'm not I don't go to I'm not a prop for for, for the TV cameras when I go to the game you know I don't want to be stood underneath uh, a, a, a football pitch size flag um, promoting promoting you know something I, I may not necessarily agree with but yeah Newcastle fans they they're, they're probably sp- split as, as the rest of the football world on, on, on what's happened there. Yeah, and then just coming back to the match, like I said to you, Bruno, it's interesting because if
3: you look at sort of who scored as well, if you look at the, the, the ratings that both team players got most of the Brentford and the, and the and the Newcastle players actually got quite similar, not, not not great scores, or like 6.5, 6.7s, like, you know, maybe somebody went 7. It was just Bruno who was just like, wow, he's on fire. So he was like he was like a 9 out of tenner as far as they were concerned, but everybody else. And then we had a couple of, obviously, like Raya and Pinnock who got really bad scores, like, you know, like 4.5s and stuff like that. Um, uh, there's, there's a couple of things. I mean, I'd say for Pinnock and maybe, you know, don't forget, I, I, I have not seen the playing game back. I just saw it. From the, from the stands way way up there with the, with the whole of sort of like the northeast in the background of newcastle really Amazing view as well from the top there, especially on a lovely day like that, where you see the stadium and then you look beyond you, and literally you could see the whole of the northeast just beyond the stadium. So I was watching the game and I thought Pinnock actually had a good game. And even turned around, you said he's a really good player, and I forgot about him. You know, he went in for some clearances, uh, and it's really good. Then all of a sudden, as soon as he said that, he had his nightmare moment, and then another nightmare moment, and that kind of was stamped his kind of you've had a terrible game type thing. But I thought before that. He actually had a decent game, and it's interesting because Thomas Frank said that he should, probably should have pulled him before he actually, um, instead of giving the full ninety minutes, because he knew that he wasn't fit. So he kind of, sort of probably undid a lot of the good that he did earlier on in the game by making those silly mistakes.
4: Yeah, right. It, it, it was a tired pass, wasn't it? And it was a tired kind of uh, kind of attempt for you know, to get his foot um, there for the for the own goal. Um, so yeah. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Thomas Frank's got substitutions right quite often this this season. Um, he, did, he certainly didn't get that one right, and it, it, it was clear that uh, Pinnock was struggling with you know with his ninety-minute fitness. And Raya, to his credit, he had pulled out an incredible save to, you know, early up, on. That was early up, on, up, up tipping one around the post, right on the top corner. It was that was going, um, and then you you follow that up with you know again, it's it's like an under eights kind of game where you've got a really dodgy keeper, and they just like kick it out straight to a player, and you know you think, you know, what the hell's going on here? You know, we, how do we stand a chance of winning this when you're giving away goals like that? And you, as, as good as you can play, um, you, you just can't expect to get anything out of a match at this level when you're you've actually gifted them four goals. Which you know, I think I think it's fair to say that we did. You know, it, it was it was just Amateur, um, amateur play at at certain points, which we just didn't do ourselves justice. We need to bounce back, hundred percent. And again, not banging on too much about it, but I
3: mean, you know, you know, our our coach, grassroots football. I've got club on the Panthers who played the previous weekend, and the thing is, I mean, we played really well, and but in that match, we did exactly that same thing. We're literally both the goals we gave away were. Brentford goals or Brentford were Panthers goals, exactly similar. And that's that thing where in grassroots football, you see teams do that a lot where goalkeepers who are not very experienced, they'll get the ball, make a great save, then they'll throw the ball to the opposition, straight the opposition, and the opposition go bang in the back of the net and it's all undone. And it's like Brentford, what they did was exactly what you're saying. It was schoolboy, schoolgirl error type stuff, which is really frustrating. And you can't do anything about that because you can play the most brilliant game possible. But then as soon as you've done that twice, three times then that just completely unravels all the good things that you've been doing. I mean, also just coming back to Hickey as well. I mean, you talked about the tie pass. I mean, Hickey, again, he's sort of normally fairly reliable. But again, you know, he he got robbed on sort of halfway into his own half. And then, you know, Newcastle immediately go on the track. The thing about it is that Newcastle actually, I thought were, you know, you didn't think they were that great. But I thought that they were good on the counter, spreading the ball wide really quickly right which is really stretching our team and then getting the ball in and just causing problems and again they you know they robbed us got the ball to bruno bruno had a shot from what 30 odd yards which technically probably shouldn't have beaten raya but yeah, it was it's quite, it quite a good shot though you know yeah, so of it, you know yeah but it beat him you know and so these things you know 9 times out of 10 shouldn't happen but at the same time it's the fact we got robbed. It's not the shot that beat him. You know, we should never have got robbed in that. Because we were just, if you looked at us, all the players were literally just scrambling back, trying to, you know, you, there's moments where we, we, we're we scrambling the whole time, where it's almost like we're not 100% in control of that game. And Newcastle were hitting us hard and fast every time. And they were kind of controlling the situation. And when you're on that, you know, you're always going to be on the back foot. And, you, you know, maybe you might have got a lucky goal um, to have sort of kind of, subsided that as such, but in general, Newcastle were definitely all over us.
4: Yeah, and you know, we, we have to break their press. And Hickey was trying to break the press by you know, in that instance, by literally running running through them. Um, which you need you need a lot of pace to get through that. And i I know he's no slouch, but you know, it, it he was running into trouble. Um and you know he got tackled. He I think he was expecting that to be a foul, but then it from then it was just one pass back of the net and uh you know and I, I guess on the you know, on the plus not on the plus side but if, if you're looking for kind of like a, a little bit more hope is that you, you've got to hope that we've got all our mistakes out of the way in one hit rather than one massive mistake every game for the next five matches which stop us getting more points that, that stopped us getting any points up there by making four big mistakes um if we can make sure that doesn't happen in the next match then you know it it is it, something we can just leave behind us i hope but you know it, it was it was a hard watch second half and I, I didn't think um I thought Newcastle would you know were very were good i think they were you know they they didn't massively impress me it, it, I just think that i think we Made them look good, and um, you know the scoreline did flatter them to a certain extent. But you know, fair play—they—they—they—they they, they, they took the chances. They didn't—they didn't get handed opportunities on the plate and, and waste them. Um, they were clinical when anything came their way, um, and you know, I, I take my hats off to them for that. You know, I've I, I got—I've got no ill feeling towards Newcastle whatsoever. Um, and as you said, you know, the fans we met before and afterwards—you you hope they do all right this season. Definitely. So listen, what we're going to do, tell you what we're going to do, tell you something. Actually, you know what you're going to do? We're going to talk about
3: the, the player of the match because Jensen actually got player of the match, which I thought was quite interesting considering the amount of grief that he gets. But it's almost interesting that he's, um, he's upped his game a lot and a lot of people start to recognise what he brings to Brentford.
4: Yep. Um still people very reluctant to give him any credit. Um, you know, there's a few uh, people on Twitter afterwards saying, Oh, um, man of the match, you're you're joking, the the you know, yes, he's his passing is accurate, but 80% of them are kind of like floaty nothing passes. Well you know that's 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 really kind of disrespectful. I'd say you know m- most of the great players in 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 the world. I'm not I'm not saying he is the one of the great players in the world, but some of the best players uh, in the center in the center of midfield, the people that they call quarterbacks. Um, that's exactly what they do. They they do the simple thing. Um, there's a lot being asked of him. It's it's it is in the Premier League. Uh, and, I, and I think he's had a, a cracking start to this season. Um, and without him, I, I don't think we're we're sitting comfortable in, in, in this in in the, in the division. Um, you know, yes, the the couple of heavy defeats have happened to Arsenal and and to uh, to Newcastle. But uh, you know, we're 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 certainly not looking looking up at the division going. How the hell do we get out? of this position and getting to get to some semblance of safety we're like where we were for a lot of last year kind of looking behind us but got enough about us to kind of not get caught up in any of that um so yeah jensen I, i thought um yeah you could always ask more from your players and yeah he could he could improve but he was certainly the man of the match and it's you know i don't think you could argue with that no no so listen when we want a little pick me up we always go to jb
3: he's got some facts and some funk and JB has tried to wangle up a bit of Newcastle facts and funk. Let's go over to JB. Are
5: you ready for this? I told you for coming. Woo,
1: JB and he's ready to into you one time. Uh, get
5: it. Hello, Jonathan Virtual back again. As mentioned on last week's podcast. Brentford's visits to Newcastle are always full of goals. They've now seen 40 in our eight trips, an average of exactly five per game. The lowest point in Brentford's recent history is probably in 2007, when Terry's Butchers side lost seven nil away at Peterborough in the fourth tier, with the likelihood of falling out of the football league looking a distinct possibility. Since then, we played 673 league games, sit as the 11th best side in the country, and during that time, only once before Saturday, letting five goals in a single league game, and that was at Norwich, eight years ago. The Newcastle game was the first time David Raya had let in five league goals for us, and in fact was the first time he had done so since he was the keeper for Blackburn Rovers in a match at Griffin Park in 2019, which the Bees won 5-2. But on the credit side, Ivan Tony notched his seventh penalty in the top tier against fellow England squad member Nick Pope. He has now equaled Duncan McKenzie's record, who scored seven penalties for us back in our original Division I seasons in the 1930s, although he also missed three, whereas Ivan still maintains his 100% record.
3: So there you go, JB, with them facts and some funk. And, um... I'm just thinking because I have been to every single game that Brentford have played against Newcastle in the last I think 30 years. Um yeah since yeah since the sort of late 90s when mid, mid 90s to now I've been to every single one which means that I have seen um 40 goals because there've been 40 goals in our last eight trips to Newcastle according to JB that's quite a phenomenal amount
4: of goal action, isn't it, Laney? Yes, it is. And it's mostly at our end of the pitch, isn't it? To be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, it's just, it's not been that fruitful, um, our encounters with the Geordies, Is, is it? Um, yeah. it's, it's something we need to kind of. Uh, address, I'd say, back at New Griffin Park later on this season. Right. Do you going to stick it right up him? Is that right, Laney? Yeah, well, we do. Uh, we owe them. Yeah, we 100% owe them. Yeah.
3: That's right. And then I said last time, I know that, you know, Steve, DJ Steve's from uh, um, Corrupt FM as well. Big Beast fan stands with us in the West Stand as well, as his whole family do as well. And I remember when we played Newcastle, was it 2017, was it? And uh, when they were down in the championship for that one season as well, they had Chubb Buddy G from a corrupt fan, who's actually a newcastle fan he's actually on our video if you go and check out sort of newcastle brentford video besotted we've got the whole sort of corrupt fan crew on there including child buddy who uh, did some sort of kind of nonsense to camera? I think he's sort of trying to sort of disguise himself as being sort of a Brentford fan, you know, in the Newcastle, in the, in, in the, in the Brentford Inn, but being a Newcastle fan. So that's actually quite funny. But yeah, I was I'm like, what are you a Newcastle fan? And he's just like, don't even ask, like, you know. So anyway, Chabuddy is a Newcastle fan. He obviously wasn't up there on Saturday, but you might see him at New Griffin Park for the return match in a couple of, uh, in a few months' time. So uh, anyway, listen, uh, Lainey we have a match on Friday night. It is on the box and uh, we have got a South coast buddies coming down from Brighton. We're going to go away, have another cup of tea, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk all about Brighton. So yeah, we've got Brighton coming up, just going back to the five goals that we let in. JB also talked about that Norwich match as well, which is the only time that we've let in five goals for absolute ages. And I've, that's another game that I've put to the back of my mind. Do you remember that Norwich game? We, 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 got, we got battered five 0 by Norwich.
4: Pretty sure. It's yeah, a I, I, I yeah. do. It was one of the lowest points of my life. <laughs> I'll, leave, oh, yeah. I'll, leave, I'll leave that. I'll leave oh
3: it. Yeah, yeah, It was. Uh, it was. It was a trip that we were very much looking forward to, but it didn't quite go to plan for a number of reasons that's all I can say yeah so yeah so that Norwich match as well like I said to you but we don't often let in five goals as Laney says let's hope it's a one off anyways let's moving forward to Brighton Brighton are coming down on Friday night and uh, I've got my old mate, Ralph Brown, who just uh, just messaged me. He's a big actor, Ralph. He's living in America at the moment now, but he's coming back over from the America to the UK and he's going to be coming to the game on Friday. Ralph is the old Camberwell carrot, if you remember him from back in the day, you know, in With Nail and I, but also he's been in millions of things since, you know, loads and loads of other movies, Miami Vice and sort of um, With Nail, uh, you know, and and all sorts of stuff that he's been on. The, house, the, the boat that rocked as well. He was the DJ on the boat that rocked when it was going down under the water. So Ralph, going to be with us in the globe on friday which is all good looking forward to seeing the ralphie in the house I haven't seen him for uh, for a, what, a couple of years, about a year or so, I think. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. He's yeah, a look forward to that. He's like... great, yeah. And he's not coming to the World Cup with us because I'm uh, um, in Qatar. He normally, that's when I first met him in 1998 on a train going down to Toulouse. He was trying to flog some tickets for South Africa. We just started talking and became mates. We've been to every single World Cup since, but he's not going to Qatar, which is a real shame because um, I think acting activity, he can't actually get over there. So uh, it'll be good to catch up with him. But anyway, ralph brown will be in the house but also the brighton posse will be in the house but also the albion raw are now in the house because adi packham is going to give us the lowdown on brighton and what they've been up to and what he's expecting for the game on friday
1: Hi, my name's Aidy Packham. I'm the presenter of the Albion Rural Radio Show and Podcast on Brighton's Radio Reva, 97.2 FM, online at RadioReva.com and on DAB. Uh, we're the longest running and most established Albion uh, Radio Show and Podcast. We started in 2003 um, when I don't think you could even have... Things like a camera on a mobile phone or let alone record voice notes on them. It it seems like we've come a long way since then. Um, But, you know, a lot has changed since then. When we first started, we were in League One and uh, now we're obviously pretty well established in the Premier League. And uh, long may that continue. But anyway, I'm here to talk to you about this weekend's game against uh, Brentford. Uh, obviously, we travelled to uh, your home, the Brentford Community Stadium, on Friday night and we're very much looking forward to uh, getting back up there. Uh, obviously, a place where we won last season. Last season was uh, a success for us. We cont- we had our highest ever uh, finish in the top flight finishing ninth um our previous best before that was 13th so that was something which we're certainly very very proud of but certainly not resting on and hopefully um, we can improve on that but um the, the end to last season was, was was particularly good for us which we were very very pleased about i mean we, we had a, a run of six defeats on the spin. Um, which we arrested with a nil-nil draw against Norwich. And I remember saying on our show at the time, I said, but going into the, before Norwich, that we're more likely to be Arsenal than we would get anything out of rock-bottom Norwich, which is uh, turned out to be true. Uh, Graham Potter changed it um, going into the Arsenal game. He introduced um, Moises Casado to the side for the first time. And uh, the young uh, 19-year-old Ecuadorian who's muchly coveted after only like 15, 16 games with the Albion. He's already got a 100 million price tag on his head. Uh, he he was made the difference. It almost like he created this this cheat code for, for the club where we were no longer Brighton and XG Albion anymore. We were converting the chances that we were making that we were creating. And it was just, just the start of a, a wonderful run that saw us win at Spurs the week after that. And, and finish the season on, on a massive high. And in fact, we didn't actually want the season to, to finish. I mean, the last game of the season, um, the home win against West Ham, where we won 3-0. Uh, you know, there was a carnival atmosphere at the ground. We were just absolutely thrilled. And uh, couldn't wait to get the season started. And uh, the season started really well. And, um, you know, then we got to the the 5-2 victory over Leicester. And, well, the the sky fell in. Um, It was just absolutely devastating to lose Graham Potter. And to lose him when we did and to the club we did, it's just a, a complete kicking the unmentionables it's uh and the fact that he took the we, we knew he would take his backroom team of uh, Bjorn Hamburg and um, the other one <laughs> with him they've been gone with they're, they're, they're dead to us and um, we knew that he would take them but the fact that he took Bruno and Ben Roberts as well um, Billy Reed is the other one um, the fact that he took Bruno and Ben Roberts as well is that was I mean Bruno is a club legend Ben Roberts, probably the greatest goalkeeping coach in the country. Um, you know, that was a real kicker. And it, and it left us feeling just completely deflated. Um, obviously, we've brought in a new man, Roberto Desierbi, who has uh, uh, taken over from Graham. And uh, his first game uh, in charge was uh, after it felt like... Uh, Six years of not playing football. It felt like the, the game at Anfield felt like the first game of the season after a month of not playing. Um, and that one, it started well, going two nil up at Anfield with two brilliant goals from leando Trossard, um, and then eventually coming back from three two down to snatch the draw and uh, probably should have won. It was uh, it was it was a remarkable game, and uh, the start of the Derby era was was. Uh, an excellent one and then we that was followed up by defeat to Spurs uh, at the weekend which was it was a game where everything was just nearly right it just didn't quite happen for us and then Harry Kane popped up with his customary goal against us and um yeah, we 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 came away with nothing. Where I mean, I think a draw would have probably been a fair result. I mean, Spurs didn't really create anything else other than that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but Graham Potter, we we are gonna miss him. He brought so much more to the party. Um, his intelligence and just the way he was around the club, and you just felt that he was on on the cusp of, of something. Really, really special when when he went to Chelsea, and just seeing him do interviews uh, for for Chelsea at the moment, it just feels just, it just feels a little bit dirty, it just feels a little bit sordid. It's like seeing your ex girlfriend with somebody else. It's just like it's like you're kind of drawn to it, and you hate it at the same time. And I just really wish um, that he could have stuck around at least until the end of the season, but you know. Good luck, good luck to, well, I say good luck to him. it's Chelsea, isn't it? So I don't really mean it. Um, so, I mean, going into uh, this game, um, obviously we lost at the weekend, you lost at the weekend. Um, you know, it, it was it was a, a little bit of a blip. Um, we've, going into it, on the back of the absolutely awful news that we've lost uh, Enoch Muepu. Now, Enoch is a player that we absolutely loved. He only played 25 times for us, but his just infectious smile, the way he was around the place, the fact that uh, the the Zambians started following us and the the magnificent Malangwa Zombe, the poet Zombe, who's prose every time Enoch did something amazing in a game. it, It just makes everyone smile. And the fact that he's had to retire at the tender age of 24 after um, having an incident. He was away on international duty in Zambia and got hospitalised. We didn't really know too much about what was going on in regards to that. Um, and then it was announced on Monday that he's, they found um, a hereditary heart condition. Um, and it's time for him to stop playing. It was too dangerous for him to continue playing. Um, we've all seen... Issues. I mean, obviously, you had uh, Christian Eric I mean, obviously, you've had Christian Eriksen come back from from his heart condition and 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 very nearly like uh, dying on a football pitch, which could have happened to Enoch if he'd have continued playing so uh, it's just absolutely devastating for him and we just wish him all the very very best for the, for whatever he does next because the guy is just uh, the nicest guy I mean we've interviewed him on our show and he is just his story about how he got to be where he was in the first place is just uh, in- inspirational and uh yeah, we're just a little bit devastated about it. In fact, it, it, he it, he had, had this pass called the Ninkumona pass. He did, I see you. He, playing passes without knowing because you just knew where, where somebody was, which uh, if you you probably won't want to remember it. But the, Le, Leandro Trossard's uh, second goal against you on Boxing Day was created by Enoch by this, this absolutely wonderful ball that he just... like. Uh, Leandro just finished on, on the volley. So, going, for, how do we feel about the rest of the season? Well, we've got we've got to be optimistic. We still don't know exactly what the Zerbi ball is, but um, he was courted by by many a club across Europe. In fact, when when he was appointed as Brighton manager, um, there were Juventus fans were going absolutely ballistic, thinking that he should have been going to the Juve. They wanted him there, and, and they wanted him across. Europe's top clubs so the fact that we've got him we're absolutely delighted but what what can he bring well he's already um, bringing up some interesting things up about Solly March Leandro Trossard scored a hat-trick at Anfield but you know he doesn't need to change too much we've we're pointed in from a position of strength because normally when you're replacing a manager it's because you're rubbish we certainly weren't rubbish and hopefully we can continue our improvement and finish as high up the table as possible. Um, We've got players in our squad that are just getting better and better. I've mentioned Moise Gosedo. We've got Alexis McAllister, Leandro Trossard. Um, These are players which are coveted by other clubs and uh, hopefully we can do everything to hang on to him. But we go into the game against Brentford. We're confident. Won there last year. Let's hope that the Albion... Well, let's hope that myself and Billy there can meet up for a beer after the game. But it's going to be the Brighton fans that are going to be celebrating. We'll see you then. Best of luck for the rest of the season after uh, this one. And obviously when we play you at the Amex. But um, we'll see you soon. And thanks for listening. Bye.
3: So there you go. Aidy Packham from Albion Raw good guy every year we have a good old chin wag a good old chat we were trying to catch up with them uh, before our last game with them but that unfortunately was on boxing day which made everything really really difficult you know I mean it was all right for me because I was staying down in Brighton for Christmas but for you lot you had to try and get down to Brighton and you you had to stay over and you it was always just a nightmare you know trying to do anything And, and then we got beaten as well which didn't really help things and Brian actually beat us twice last season uh, the first game, they didn't deserve. I'm going to say straight up, they didn't deserve to beat us at all. You know, but we just didn't put our chances away. It was our first defeat of the season, and Trossard scored a great goal on 90th minute, which actually kind of knocked the stuffing out of us, I think, because we weren't expecting that because we had such a great start to the season. Then we went down to Brighton and, uh, on Boxing Day, and we were pretty rubbish, to be honest with you. And it was one of those days where it just was not great, and then. You, go back and we tried to get a drink and we couldn't get a drink afterwards because it was Boxing Day and it was just a bit rubbish, really. Um, But Brighton, you know,
4: Laney, um, we need to get back on track, don't we? We do. Um, Stating the bleeding obvious, I know, but it's 100% true. Uh, they provide us with a good opportunity to do that i'd say um they they play football um our kind of way uh they they're having a really good season um they've been way more consistent than than us so far uh but um you know it it will change for them as well i, I can't see them keeping up this pace for the for the duration um so it, it, they are going to dip at some stage because they're that kind of team they're that they've got that kind of squad they've they've they, they can't you know I don't think they they're still equipped to compete in that in that top sort of five six for for, for the nine months so um, they are going to drop points and we've got to make sure that the points they drop start this Friday night and I I think you know we we'll get excited about that our new stadium and the atmosphere under the lights on Friday night it's something that's it works massively in our favor um, and we've got to use that that big noise um so yeah get down the pubs really early um have an extra pint before the, the game and get your get your get your vocal cords uh lubricated because you know if if the game goes um you know our way then you know the getting behind them will add uh an, another dimension to to what we what we already know we're capable of. We do need to go out there and stamp our brand of football back on on a game. We haven't seen that. We we were a shadow of ourselves against Arsenal. Um we've talked about Newcastle um and and we were we were pretty 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 flat um down in Bournemouth as well. So, you know, we we're we although we did score a goal um on, on 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 saturday up in the northeast it was a penalty we need we need open play goals made made possible through big creative chances so you know and Bumo needs to get back on his his a game um and one or two others that have kind of fallen a little bit a little bit backwards I'd say um in recent weeks they need to, to kind of get 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 on the get on the front foot again. So yeah, we we need we need our players to to go out there and stamp their stamp their quality on the game again. Yeah, I mean Brighton, you know, again similar to us, and and we talk about this
3: all the time because their owner, um, in the same business as our owner, you know, they're in business together, and uh, they, they they base their whole club on very much like what we do on statistics. You know, they keep it a little bit more quiet than what they do, so than we do. So they're keeping it down low, but we know they do. Exactly the same thing. They buy their players in the same way. They scout their players. They do all the stats in the same way. Their owners got a lot of money, actually. So they invest higher than what they have, but very, very similar. So we know that they're going to create high-quality chances. As you see, Brian take a lot of high-quality chances, but they didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Very similar to us as well. And that was why a lot of particular Crystal Palace fans used to always have a go at Grand Potter going oh everyone's going he's a brilliant manager but what has he done you know they can't score but it's just kind of like the football is there you know if, if he had you know you know Harland then he'd put you know they'd be scoring eight goals a game nine goals a game but they haven't got that type of player and if, as long as you're creating those chances if you've got a player that can put them in the back of the net you know regularly then you're laughing so they haven't done but that's, that's always a danger for us as well plus you've got the players who can score from you know 20 25 yards as well which just is a big nightmare for us but you know what are they good at brighton are good at shooting from direct free kicks creating scoring chances and defending set pieces uh where they're weak is in the air and also avoiding individual errors they like to control the game in our half they like the through balls they pretty much keep the same first 11 they like to play the offside trap and they're not very aggressive You know, and, and, you know, and and sort of playing against us, what people say, we like long shots. We like, we've got skillful players. You know, we're good at coming back from losing positions. We like to create scoring chances. You know, we like to attack set pieces. We're good in the air. You know, we're good at protecting the lead. We're not, we're always offside. You know, we're not great at defending against long shots. We know that we're not great at defending against skillful players and also avoiding individual errors. You know, so, you know, that is the two styles that we're looking at. Now, Laney, I mean, what I'm going to ask you first of all is team wise, because, you know, th- th- there's one player we talked about him and we love him, you know, but he's still not 100% on his A game. You know, Joshua Silva, he came off at half time. Yanel uh, wasn't playing, which was a big question mark to people. They're like, this is interesting. Why is Yanel out? Is he injured? But I think it was a tactical decision that Thomas Frank made against Newcastle. Maybe he thought that he's going to make it, we'll creatively um, be able to outplay Newcastle. You know, we'll, be, we'll we'll have the ball and we'll we'll play it around them. And that really didn't work. So we had to change it up at halftime. So Saturday or Friday against Brighton, how do you see it going with the team? Do you think, you know, De Silva in, you get the NL in, it's going to be Damsgaard, Baptiste. You know, it's, it's all
4: about that midfield because we need to get that midfield right. We do, um, you know, it, it is a big, it's a big uh, question mark over Josh De Silva. It, it's, it's it's a fact, you know. We we're fully behind him. He had a brilliant start to the season, scored in the first two games. Um, he 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 needs to step it up if he's going to get you know guaranteed starts. Um, you know, like obviously there's a you know there's an argument to say that you take him to one side and you explain that to him and you hopefully that is the G up that means he goes out and has a great, great game on Friday night. You know, he's got that in his locker. We, we, we need to see, to see more of that. Um, Equally, Damsgaard, you know, um, how is he 90 minutes fit yet? Um, uh, Is he, is he, you know, there was talk about him being underweight when, when, when we signed him, is, is he at his optimum weight yet? um again questions that we can't answer because we haven't we haven't got that data um and you know there was talk about um i I I read a kind of one of those i don't know if it's a clickbait story or whether it was a you know there was actually truth in this but um whether you know uh the 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 team that we bought dams guard from um who was it again sorry it was uh, 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 sam dora yeah Um, they're concerned that he's not getting enough minutes to to guarantee the the assists and the goals that he, they get, they get an extra payout for this season. Um, So it, it, I I just don't think he's, he's quite there yet. I mean, we, we we obviously got massive expectations because we want him to be that Ericsson replacement. Uh, But I just got a feeling he's still probably a a few weeks away. He might actually take him to go away with Denmark for the world cup and then come back. And then maybe we'll see, we'll see the real dams guard second part of this season. So um, but yeah, the midfield. I I, I personally go with Yanel. You know, you know he, he he rarely. I mean, I know he's a he's not a lot of things. He's not. He's certainly not creative. But we we do need to get that the centre um, more solid um, because Newcastle controlled the middle there, and and you know Jensen um, had so much, well, too much to do, um, all on his own. So you know, we do need big. Another big game from him, so you know, get behind him on for Friday night. Jensen needs to be, um, you know, up to how he's been playing for the rest of the, you know, the, the season so far, in my opinion. Yeah,
3: and, and and Brighton, obviously, they're coming down here. You know, decent side, new manager in tow, um, as AD's talked about. You know, um, you know, they've they've got a number of, uh, like I said, oh, they've got some, you know, some really good. You know, they've got some great they've got some great players and like I said to you, they're not necessarily household names, but obviously like you know, it's probably sort of quite similar to us where they, you know, they'll play together and they'll you know, they'll play together as a team as well. They've lost a, a couple of players as well. They've lost uh was it Basuma to to Tottenham, which again Adi talked about. And uh, I mean I, I I mean I thought when Basuma came last last season, first season last season, he was a great player. So <laughs> in a way, that's um that's a, that's
4: that's that's a big loss for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're they as they're as as near to Brentford as you're ever gonna get as a as a kind of like um a, a, a comparison because you know that and they've got they've got a few more years on us. You know, they've been they've been consistently in this division for six or seven years now, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, so we we know that the the riches that. Staying in this division, it brings you. And I know they, you know, they they, they sold Chicharrea to um to Chelsea as well. Um, they they've they've lost players, but they've got massive fees for them, and that's you know the case will be if you know if and when we we lose our, our our star players which will you know happen at some stage but we I guess we're you know confident in the knowledge that if they do go there's going to be a huge transfer fee that comes in which allows you then to kind of replenish so fair play to brighton you know it's it, they have done an incredible job in staying here um and they're competing at the top I, you know as i said earlier i don't think they're going to stay there um i think they will drop away to to some degree um but it's it's already it's already an excellent season we're shaping up to be one so you know we have to go out there and and um put put our marker in the sand you know we're on our day we're every bit as good as them um and we have to we have to come out of come out of the end of what i think is going to be a hugely entertaining game with with three points yeah and you know.
3: McAllister, so they have got Trossard, who caused us problems last season as well. Danny Welbeck, who we all know about as well, you know. And interestingly, we talked about um, we talked about Lilana as well for Southampton, and he's now actually in the Brighton team. But also, they've had sort of a little bit of sad news as well because they've also got um, Mwepu, um, who very young, he's only twenty four, I think he is, and he has had to retire from football because of a uh, I think it's a hereditary heart condition. That he's got and he's told that he had to retire from football and obviously that's something that's quite close to our heart because obviously we have the situation obviously with andy scott who had to retire from football for very similar reasons also we had rob rowan as well who died from a, a hereditary heart condition as well so i think the brighton fans are trying to see if they can get a a, a recognition for web in a particular minute, I think it might be something like the eighth minute or something like that, um, which is the, the the number on his shirt. I mean, these things are quite difficult to try and get going if they, if you don't put it on the big screen. But again, that is something you know we have solidarity with because obviously the 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 uh, you know heart issues and being aware of heart issues and people take care of that is a big issue in around Brentford and Brentford fans, isn't it, Laney?
4: Yes, it is. And, you know, it was last week where, where at Brentford Football Club, they announced that they were going to kind of encourage uh, kind of a screening of of um, the fans um, and encouraging or signposting people to how to go and get themselves checked out um, and to to kind of spot or identify any underlying um, issues. Uh, and uh, as you rightly say, you know, we've, we've got Rob Rowan and Andy Scott and obviously, you know, uh, Christian Erickson's, um being in and around our club, um, and so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, um, something that the club are, are already promoting, you know, awareness of of heart conditions. Um, so yeah, I, I fully support and hope that they can get something um, sorted out for Friday to kind of recognise tragic news about a player having to give up his career. Right, okay. So listen, let us just return to the match itself.
3: And Laney, I'm going to ask you for a score prediction. Just say, by the way, none of us got the Newcastle score prediction right. Um nah. We shall move on. Score prediction for the Brighton game. Uh, 2-1 Brentford. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Brentford. Okay. So, uh, so there you go. So listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Friday night, we'll be in the Globe. We'll be having a right laugh inside the Globe. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed that after, Early we'll start, nice early day. start, and, Mr. Grunt. Let's, let's see how it goes. You know, <laughs> you know, and uh, I've got an early start Saturday morning, but let's, let's see how it goes. But anyway, listen to said, Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and also write us a lovely review. Don't forget to buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Also, if you want to subscribe to Besotted Global, which is our little social media community, besotted. Forward slash global um Other than that, all I could say is Friday night under the lights, it's going to be great. Fingers crossed, B's are going to get back on track. I'm Billy Green in the house, Billy, Billy B, Billy G, Billy G. I've got all Billy sorts G. of different names going on, like I was saying, as I'm a B with Brentford, I'm G, and the DJ name and all like that. But Billy, you aren't the B in the house, and Lenny in the house. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you two, and we shall see you Friday night in the play. We're going to have a stream. We're going to have a Brian coming down and see you after. Have a say. How many bees? How many bees?
4: Let's get them seagulls. No more mistakes. Seagulls. No
0: more mistakes.